It's getting awfully close to the end of the year, which means we're thinking about the year to come. What can investors expect in 2022? Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's diversified portfolio series, including the Income Builder Fund, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of December 6th, 2022. And you know what December means? Holiday lights, hot chocolate, setting New Year's resolutions. And setting our outlook for 2022. That is right, LG. And there is nothing like trying to set a New Year investment perspective when just so happened to get a new COVID variant, the Fed is beginning to change its policy, and government has a whole bunch of legislating to do on the docket. It's true. Change is always hard for investors. And to be honest, that's the whole foundation of our investment outlook for the new year. 2022 is poised to be a year of transition, and that has important implications for investors. Transition is actually a really good word for what we're seeing. And let's start with the obvious example of COVID, how people work, live, and play. We talked a bit about the Omicron variant and whether it will be derailing the economic recovery last week's episode, but we still don't know much about it. But after two years of start and stop pandemic closures, many countries will likely holistically reopen. It's just too politically and logistically difficult to stay closed. And we're likely to move from or transition from fear and lockdowns to ease and openness or somewhere at least in between. That's a great example and a major transition, maybe the most major one for 2022. Very much related to the expectation that the economy will continue to reopen, maybe not all at once, but in fits and starts, is that there's also a policy transition underway in relation to that reopening. Because after nearly two years of unprecedented fiscal and monetary support to support us moving through the pandemic, that is now fading, which means economic activity will have to rely on the private sector to keep things going. And just to keep things interesting, there are also a range of geopolitical tensions happening all at once. As one example we can point to, a common one is US and China. And these tensions are nothing new, but they're becoming more visible. I think many investors thought that the tone between the two countries would shift when a new president came into office, but that was never our view as a reminder. The tough on China bipartisan stance has really stayed key throughout these two first years of President Biden's term. And so the way that companies do business and manage supply chain and, and the way they reach global customers could be changing alongside. You know, you say the first two years of the Biden administration, but it's only been one. <laughs> just feels like to oh as we goodness. as we sit here um but i mean even just in our conversation so far that's three major changes there's a big health and sort of social where we work and play kind of change there's 
policy change and there's potential geopolitical change too. And those are all really important, but frankly, we just don't know exactly how they're going to develop or how fast they'll move over the course of the next year. And that means investors are caught between some pretty powerful uncertainties and cross currents. That's pretty interesting. Can you say more about those cross currents? Yeah, well, if you if you think about your first example about the transition from lockdown to reopen, how fast that happens, of course, depends on the virus and variants and health policy. And it also has an impact on how people spend, which is a type of investment opportunity and on things like how high inflation goes or how pronounced supply chain bottlenecks will be. And all of those things are important for investors because they shape which opportunities and asset classes and sectors will be most promising. Mm, I can hear the criticism. Now, sounds like we're saying that we have no idea what the investment opportunities will be next year. It's a, a, a fair critique, but no, we, we do have a view on how things will pan out. It's just important to mark that some of the transitions we're seeing are causing fault lines in global economic and social structures, and the way things are done is changing. Hmm, that's a great point. And there isn't necessarily a playbook for all that change that we're seeing. Corporate management teams at the company level will have to do a little trial and error or make big shifts in investment in production or the way they're engaging with their clients. It's a lot of change. Yeah, that's a good point. And then if you move that further to the challenges that investors will face, we want to think about what that means for 2022, but we also want to be creative and keep an eye on what it might mean for the investment environment as a whole. I hear a big portfolio pause coming, but before we get to investment implications, I think it would be helpful to dive just one step deeper on what this year of transition means for the economy. Very good point. Well, just to summarize, our view is that the transitions that you and I have been laying out, Robert, are happening. That means reopening is going to continue. Government support will fade relative to the last couple of years. And the private sector will have to drive growth forward. The way companies do business, whether that means automating where labor is expensive or changing supply chains, they're going to be making those adjustments. And that's a strong economic and corporate backdrop, but it's one where some of the traditional investment approaches might not suit the average investor. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in our view, 2022 will be shaped by that macroeconomic uncertainty, that higher market volatility, and that still positive, but potentially lower investment return environment that might accompany all this change. And in this type of regime, it is the macroeconomic factors where high-level themes meet business realities, like we were talking about before. And that's what will shape investment performance at the micro level. So traditional style boxes like value versus growth or small caps versus large cap stocks, larger companies, may seed influence to better sector positioning or identifying company business models and management experience that are more able to navigate all this change. Well, there we go. Now we can get to our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. Yes. And there are a lot of ideas in our outlook that are worth taking a look at. We'll be exploring them one by one in the coming weeks. But today I want to focus on one of my favorite parts of the section, which is all about asset allocation. Oh, it's always nice to start with the area where we have expertise. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think it's good to always take asset allocation from the top It is a top-down mandate. Given the unknowns surrounding all this post-pandemic environment, how can an investor adapt to this environment with just changes at the top of their portfolio? And in fixed income, 
Strong corporate fundamentals drive our interests in adding tactical credit risk. Rising interest rates create an incentive to broaden exposure away from core bonds. So you have those two factors playing into your fixed income allocations. And then in equities, we see a, a strong corporate fundamental backdrop as well, which would mean that growing corporate cash flows rather than shifting macroeconomic sentiment will drive this story. And in this case, we favor cyclical exposures. And that means things like international stocks or value stocks and the ability to identify cash flow growth, stock picking at a market level. Those are really good insights, really specific insights for a portfolio. The one thing I'll add is that all of these changes that you're describing are happening in a global context. If we think not just the next couple of years, but the last five or 10 years and probably the next five or 10 years in which global growth is sluggish, at least compared to the decades before that. And so that's an environment where lower for longer types of investment returns are likely to be sustained. And that has, again, implications for investors in the way that they think about their portfolios. Therefore, as investors reconsider their tactical allocation, we encourage a structural broadening of investment mandates. And that sounds a lot like more flexibility, global mandates, so going all over the world, as well as exposure to emerging megatrends or themes explored in this section. Yeah, one of the things I really like about this outlook, which again, we'll be sharing with you over the coming weeks, is that we give some really concrete examples of how to make these adjustments in a portfolio. So we're being somewhat broad in this episode just to give a high level idea, but we're going to start getting more specific in the episodes to come. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week when we dig into fixed income with Steve Cianci, who is the co-head of Global Fixed Income at Mackay Shields. It should be a great opportunity to do that. Coming up next, we will start giving deep dives and specifics on each of our investment ideas, and fixed income is up first. Even in the last week, it's been a crazy one for fixed income allocations with the Federal Reserve maybe speeding up the pace of its taper, but bond yields falling and credit spreads widening. It's just a difficult backdrop right now. So in our view, it would be increasingly helpful to have managers who can leverage all aspects of value creation in the fixed income space. And sometimes that means expanding beyond core bonds too, but there is more of that to come. Yes. And also at the end of this week, we'll be looking at the CPI, our consumer price inflation report, which will give us some clues as to just how uncertain that interest rate environment will be coming ahead. That's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters and some deep dives on the components of the outlook we didn't necessarily get to address today. In the meantime, obviously, you will be looking at to the year ahead. So please let us know what matters to you. Yes. If you have questions or topics of interest, please reach out to us on social media. That's right. And you can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views on our website, which is newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the insights tab. Until then, I am Robert Serenbess. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We look forward to hearing from you. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamonts, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. 
For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances, and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with the New York Life Insurance Company. The mainstay funds are managed by New York Life Investment Management, LLC, and distributed by NY Life Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. NY Life Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.